Hashtag hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern day Viking gunner. And you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my See? God. <laughs> That's in... the great thing. We've, we've had 70-degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. So. And as you just heard, Turnbuckle Talk has been the home for quite a few different high-level superstars. And I'm joined by a couple superstars this week, myself as well. I am Carl Carafel. This is Turnbuckle Talk, episode number 343. Just enjoy wrestling. Yes, I am back. I didn't have to work today, so I am back I got both of my studio lights set up, so I should be looking good, should be sounding good. Everything should be good. We're going to put names up for everyone here as well, just in case anyone here is new and is not aware of who we are. I'm Carl Carafel. This is Chris Best, and down below is OMD. Chris, how are you doing tonight? A little annoyed, but happy to talk wrestling tonight. I had to make an emergency run to the dollar store for a new USB cord for my microphone today. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. Not at all. (laughs) OMD, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Physically exhausted, but excited to talk wrestling as we always do here on TBT. We have a lot of different things that we're going to go over tonight, and uh, I'm I'm very excited about some things that have been happening within the WWE. So yeah, this show is going to be very WWE heavy today, but I don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing, especially if we are talking good professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that came out of the WWE as of late was the reinstitution of general managers to both Raw and SmackDown. Now, on Friday night on SmackDown, we did get to see one Mr. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Former Turnbuckle Talk guest, Nick Aldis. Making his way into the WWE and becoming the general manager for SmackDown. Leaving Adam Pearce available for Monday Night Raw and solely for Monday Night Raw. Noob, you hear what we're talking about right now. And first off, thank you so much for coming by. I appreciate you, my friend. Um, while we're discussing, give us your thoughts as well on Nick Aldis. Finally making his way to the WWE in right now, at least a general manager's type of position. I'm going to start with you, OMD. Give me your thoughts on this. 
I'm excited. I mean, Nick was a guest on here on TBT that I've had the pleasure of joining you for that interview. Right. Um, and I've been a fan of his since he was Brutus Magnus when he debuted back in Impact. Right. And to watch his growth throughout the years in wrestling. And I believe the reason he is doing the general manager duties now is because he was working the producer role, but still able to fulfill his independent obligations. So he right. wasn't there every week. Makes sense. So now they can get him in, get him re familiarized with everything. And maybe this is a way for him to focus on the future. Okay. To stay in wrestling when the time comes for him to retire. Now, he's probably got another good decade in him to, to compete. I would figure so. The man is younger than all of us. Yes, mm. he is. <laughs> right? <clears throat> I think yes, he's, he what, is. 36? 36 years old. So the man's got a lot left in him. Um, Chris, what are, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking about this? I, I'm totally on board with this as well i mean we've only seen him do the gm stuff for half a show maybe right now so right. it's still it it's um it's going into uncharted waters with him as it were but here's a guy who brings a plethora there's that word again <laughs> a plethora of wrestling knowledge that is outside the wwe scope so right I'm very excited to see what kind of changes he could make as far as SmackDown goes. Noob seems to be on board with it as well. For the most part, says, I'm impressed with Nick Aldis being in the WWE. I do have a feeling that the WWE might be interested in not only signing AEW wrestlers, but NWA wrestlers too. The WWE is on fire this year. That's why we're making this show a little bit more WWE heavy, because I agree with that. They are 100% on fire this year with everything that's happened from uh, the sale of the company, changing things over to TKO, uh, you know, Endeavor, all of that going on. Things just seem to be coming up. Millhouse for the WWE and we got we to gotta remember, you know, over the last little while, we have had other signings that have come through of people from other companies that have been put into backstage roles or, or you know, those type of situations. Uh, one of those being Abyss, uh, Joseph Park coming yeah. in. And I think that if we, I say we as the WWE, if the WWE decides to hire maybe a few more outside of the bubble, that they may have some influence in being able to coax some of the other wrestlers from those companies that they've come from or that they have worked with to entice them a little bit to come to the WWE because, well, we know that under this new regime of Triple H, things are looking to go a little more actual global, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, did I believe Nick Aldis was on the booking committee as well when he was in NWA 
and was carrying the championship for what was it roughly two years almost three about that i don't know if he was necessarily on the booking committee at that time or if he maybe just had a little bit of a say in what was going on i don't know for sure right but this is something that he's done in the past 100 we know that mm-hmm. so now but chris what do you think about that, about what I had said there, about, you know, Nick Aldis being the one or even Joseph Park being the one that may be able to bring that little bit of enticement uh, for other stars to come over to the WWE. And, and one of those one uh, one of those stars being uh, maybe an EC3 or even a um, MJF to come over. Oh, I would love if either one of them two were to come back because let's face it, the two times EC3 was in the WWE and left, both times he wasn't happy with the company and it was more or less because that was under Vince's direction. Right. So yeah. now that Hunter, we're going to, I don't mean to tread uh, tread lightly on our one of our stories for tonight. Now that Hunter's got that control, I get a feeling some of these, uh, some of these guys that left uh, before could very well find their way back. And uh, immediately when Nick Aldis was called in to become a GM, immediately we saw the stories of could Mickey James come back as well. Right. Yes. Noob, Noob is saying that uh, they believe that EC3 and MJF will be great under Triple H. And I agree with yeah. that. That's why I mentioned those two names specifically, because I think that they would be amazing for that. Um, and if we get MJF, we get my my dream match right now, which is Miz versus MJF. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. Let's not forget, too, one of those other elements and former wrestlers that is now in a production role of Petey Williams. Right. Right. Um, and we did see that when they brought back very silently two years ago, they re-signed Eric Young. And then it was a very quiet signing. But then unfortunately, with all of the circumstances with Wyndham's health, right. we never got to see EY make his return. And let's not forget that, again, EY left because... He found out that Vince still had some sort of creative. So so there's another guy that could very well, Hunter could be like, hey, I've got complete control. Come come over here, you know? Right. Oh yes. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna pose the question to both of you. OMD, I will let you go first with your answer here. Is the signing of Nick Aldis only a reason? to bring Mickey James back to the WWE? I'm going to say no. I think it will influence it. Okay. Uh, I mean, as we know all about the trash bag incident from a few years ago. Right. Um, but I think it's going to be more Mickey's decision. Okay. Um, as to does she want to... As we, she's done her last rodeo in Impact, does she come back to WWE and do her last rodeo there? She's got three brands that she can go to to do her last rodeo. Right, almost a full circle type of situation mm. for Mickey James, right? Yes. 
and one miss and one mr parish brought it up pr- pretty well uh last night that if you bring mickey back you have to be she has to be the woman who gets inducted to the hall of fame next year guaranteed right, right. I, I, and i'm i'm gonna say this one and i know there's a lot of people that would disagree with me on these part-timers coming back but i think maybe mickey's farewell match should be against a returning trish i agree a one-off i think that would be cool noob is saying uh, and as far or as for the women's division jade cargill has been impressive and she doesn't have a match she just introduced herself to becky lynch and charlotte definitely right like she has not even had a match on television as of yet and she is almost a bona fide 100 percent solidified superstar within the wwe which is blowing my mind right now but again jade cardkill another one of those uh, people that have come from another company over to the wwe underneath the new regime that is going on our local establishment, yes. Uh, you know, where we also stream to, this is uh, Turbuckle Talk is on the Our Local Establishment platform saying, good evening, guys. Well, good evening to you. Good evening. Olay, whichever person whichever is there Olay. right now. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure who. Yes. I'm going to guess Bobby. Bobby yeah. or Ed. Yeah. yeah. And to further Noob's comment there, yes, uh, Jade's presence on tv is already establishing her right it definitely is chris what are you thinking about uh, about that do you think that the hiring of nick aldis was only to get on uh, mickey james back to the wwe to a certain extent there, there's a kind of yes and no with that um I wouldn't mind Mickey coming back and being that uh, that elder woman who comes in. She helps out the younger uh, the younger ones get over. Similar to what Trish did with um, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. Zoe Stark. Zoe Zoe Stark. Yes. Okay. I kind of would like to see her do that. Maybe come in and even do what Becky's doing right now with the NXT wrestlers. I think that would be really cool of her to do that. And maybe okay. maybe. She comes in as a producer for women's matches as well. Right. Okay. Great idea. Mickey uh, working was, as a producer. Yeah. Yep. Because I was going to ask, did Mickey not do that a few years ago on her last run through with Alexa Bliss? A little bit she did. And and I, I do believe that she had a little bit of a hand in, um, you know, helping out with Impact uh, mm-hmm. Wrestling as well. Nope. That was that was April, not Mickey. Sorry, I was going to say Women of Wrestling, but that was April. April Mendez, yeah. yeah, not Mickey James. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Noob wants something a little bit different. Uh, saying not nah, will influence Mickey James, but after the trash bag fiasco, I want Mickey James to have a retirement match against Charlotte Flair, maybe at WrestleMania forty. WrestleMania 40. I remember WrestleMania 1 somehow. Right. I remember WrestleMania 2. That was my first WrestleMania I watched. 
<laughs> oh goodness. But um, guys, we're old. Yeah. I know the I know the amount of pull that Nick Aldis has, so I do hope to see some of these uh stars that you wouldn't even think about coming to the WWE actually right, right. going there and mm-hmm. doing their yep. and playing their craft, you know. Yes. And the one from our local establishment, it was Bobby. Thank you so much, Bobby. Appreciate you hopping in wherever you can. I know that you generally keep things on in the background, and I really do appreciate the support from our local establishment. But I've got to pose a question for you guys here. How does Nick Aldis's uh, influence in the locker room help with the wrestlers who have been in the WWE Guys like Roman Reigns, guys like John Cena, guys like Randy Orton. How does that? How does he play into working with those guys? I think that becomes a lot of give and take and a lot of communication because he's bringing in that outside perspective, right? And they they can give him the internal perspective. So a lot of communication, a lot of give and take. Yeah, I think there really has to be a working relationship between all of those people. Um, Like OMD said, right? Like Nick Aldis can bring that outside influence, that outside perspective of things. Nick doesn't understand or know the inside of the WWE. Because I can guarantee you the inner workings (coughs) of the WWE are different from the inner workings of Impact or the NWA, or the former Ring of Honor, or even AEW. Very different in how things are done. So each person is going to have to really learn from each other. And I think if they humble themselves enough to be those people that will help each other, it's a recipe for 1,000% success. Yeah. And you know, like probably I know you alluded to this name earlier, Chris, but I think when Randy does make his return, he's one of those guys that's going to say, okay, I've been around. So here's how we do things. I want your perspective and he can pass it on because now he is becoming that mentor type figure. Yeah. And Randy Orton is a very malleable kind of person. So he knows how to adjust to the changes that are going on in the locker room and the same can be said for roman reigns as well you know yes right Um, but i think randy orton and john cena would be another one to excel and pass that on yeah yeah noob is saying jade cargill is a star but there are other top name stars and other wrestling promotions like uh, Natalia Markova from the NWA or Jordan Grace from Impact Wrestling, and that they could make, pun intended, an impact in the WWE as well. Um, 100% they could. I don't see any reason why not. And we know that they have... Um, that Nick has, you know, that little bit that he can go through and talk about and do to get somebody like both of them. Yep. Over to the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. 
so there's so many avenues that you can explore with Nick Aldis now being in that back room. And he's worked with uh, most of the producers that are there right now. Like he's yes. worked with Jimmy P- uh, PD Williams. He's worked with abyss. Right. So he and, kind of know, he kind of knows their mindset in, in the business, you know, and, and let's not forget. He worked with AEW in the very, very infancy of the original all in. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. When it was Cody, the Bucks and Kenny that put on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. You know what? We've been talking a lot about this new era, this new Triple H era. We're going we're gonna to talk about that right now because we have a full shift over to Triple H, essentially running the inner workings of the WWE, especially when it comes to the creative side. Endeavor has given all of the reins over to Triple H and taken it all away from Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Chris, how do you think this is going to benefit the WWE so when he when Hunter started running NXT on his own with William Regal at his side, like maybe three four weeks into that, I'm like, how is Hunter not ha- how does Hunter not have period of control on Raw or SmackDown at that point? Because what they were doing in NXT when he was there, fantastic work, and that's what right. we're seeing right now is again fantastic work. <laughs> He's um. He's made me excited to watch wrestling again. <laughs> right. Yep. I mean, oh. like, I found it to be a slog in the last three years watching mm-hmm. Vince run the show, you know? Yep, I was the same way. I was 100% the same way. Um, OMD, I want to get a different perspective out of you. Do you think or... How can the taking over of Triple H into everything be a detriment to the WWE? I think it would be a detriment if he ever gets to the point where he becomes the Vince McMahon and it's you're writing for one person. Okay. Do I believe that's ever going to happen? No. He's come out and said... I'm want to retire in about 10 years. Right. Um, could he start to abuse his power and authority? Absolutely. He could do. I think he's got the creative teams and the right people to tell him, no, we're not going to be your yes men. So sit your ass down. Sure. And you're going to see, even if we see changing of the guard on the creative teams, whether it's lead writers or just different writers brought in for different segments, mm-hmm. I think they're going to step up and say, no, 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 this is what it's got to be. This is how it's going to make more sense as opposed to a bunch of yes men like Vince had. So the detriment is going to be 
if he decides to stay on too long. Okay. Okay. So now that you kind of went through the detriments that there could be, what benefits are there? The benefits, well, we've seen it for the past year and a half now since Vince's alleged retirement last July. Right. With these new, the returns, the signings, the broad, uh, not, to, not necessarily broader storylines, but the story arcs. Okay. And the in-ring competition. It's not, you know, two hours of talking on the microphone with, 40 minutes of wrestling. Right. Interesting, interesting takes. Uh, Chris, I want to go to you for the other side of things. Do you feel that there is a detriment that could happen or that there could be with Triple H fully with creative? Yeah, so there was one detriment that just popped into my head, and that is the possibility of too many signings we could very well end up with a bloated roster with a lot of wrestlers who are just sitting and catering and maybe Hunter doesn't have a thing for them just yet. Right. But as it looks right now, I mean, we've got a fine roster slightly bloated, but he's finding things for every one of the, for every single one of them to do. No, he definitely is. And uh, we've even talked, uh, you know, before, whether it was privately or on shows, we've talked about how uh, the WWE is looking at doing other things and, and they're looking at expanding to different areas or even expanding with uh, shows as well. So it's it'll be very interesting to see where things go with Triple H fully there at the helm for creative. Now, I think it's only for creative, though. I don't believe that... Um, he has full control over all the hires and fires. I think that that still goes to the uh, the board, right? Yeah, he can provide those suggestions on wrestlers to hire, but that's pretty much it, you know? Right. He isn't the be-all, end-all, say-all, finished. Right. As Vince McMahon was. Could we see that change in the future? It's very possible. We yeah. could see where Triple H comes in like a lion and really starts to show great and promising things for the WWE from himself that Endeavor may just say, you're doing pretty good doing this on your own, dude. So maybe just take the reins and run with it all yeah. while we sit back and collect our money. Right. I mean, look at look at all the great hirings he got when he was the head of uh, talent, uh, head of talent yeah. relations. Yep. But who's a better head of talent relations than a guy who spent as many years in the ring as he did? True. And and I mean, if you take a look, you really notice in the overall in the overall picture, Triple H is the head of creative. Sean is running NXT. Road Dog is in charge of live events. Now the show is DX run. First they broke the rules and now they make them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it that way. Definitely. Jeez. Next thing you know, we're going to have X-Pac doing something as well. 
I don't think he wants to. I think he's. Oh no, he he's he's mentioned he because he talks to Hunter, he talks to Sean, he talks to Road Dog, and he knows how stressed they get doing the sh- doing what they do. Yep. I did see an interview with him recently, or read part of an interview that he did recently, where he did say that if he had the opportunity to, that he would love to get his hands in training down at the PC. And to and do he, that for a while would be great for him. And he's been invited to help uh, help out at PC with training several times. So oh, yes, yeah. he has. Yeah, and and I think I think this was shortly after one of those or one of the last times that he was there because it was just recently that I read this, uh, where he said, you know, like I enjoy doing it. I love going to do it. Um, and if that could be something that I'm doing on a full time basis, I would be more than happy to do so. Yeah. I think it would be great. I think it would be great. I mean, Sean Waltman coming in to do training. (laughs) Right. Being one of the guys, one of the smaller guys that is there that has worked with the big, big, big guys. And I'm not talking about where the big boys played in WCW. I'm talking about, you know, the the the, the big names and the stature of some of these competitors that he's right. been in the ring with. I mean, he can work his, them all. His first televised victory was Razor Ramon. Right? Exactly. And then he's worked with Diesel, right? Or Kevin Nash, or whatever you yeah. want to call him. He's had a fan had a fantastic title match against Bret Hart. Right. Right. right? So I, yes, oh. he would be, he would be a fantastic ad. We've been talking about ads, signings, things that, of that nature that have been going on within the WWE. Something that uh, has really come to light very recently that was not known to a lot of people is that, well, Triple H kind of silently hired back a couple of guys. And those guys are the authors of Pain. I'm excited for this, and I am not really excited at the same point, Bobby. Yes, Bobby you are got right. a point there. <laughs> yep. We didn't have a fantastic title match versus Bret Hart, is what Bobby is saying. Yeah, Bret I think Hart. Everybody did. Yeah, Bret Hart didn't have a good match with Bret Hart. Bret screwed Bret. And I digress. I think honestly, um, the age of social media kind of really uh, dampers things a little bit. I now know that the authors of pain are back with the WWE. I didn't want to know that the authors of pain are back with the WWE. A silent hiring. I would have much rather not know about it and then show up on my screen one day, given a beat down to the judgment day, let's say. Right. To really solidify for me, like, holy shit. I'm surprised. Right. But instead, I'm, we're not going to get that. Right. So you would have wanted something like what Nia Jax did a couple weeks ago because we did not expect her to show up. Or yeah. then 
or the the WrestleMania where the Hardys uh, showed up to to win the tag titles. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I see where you're coming from. I mean, it's also been reported that, you know, the authors of pain have been hired back for over a year. Right. And nothing. They've had multiple opportunities very recently with the rumored brand they are to be working on to debut them. And they haven't brought them out as a surprise. So is it, are they going to rumored brand or are they going to appear on one of the others? No idea. You keep saying rumored brand. What's the rumored brand? The rumored brand would be NXT. Okay. And they had, you know, the opportunity at the start of the show tonight. Right. With the tag team battle Royal. But yep. we will leave that for Ed and Astrid to cover at 1010 tonight with taking over. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let's let's go back to that OMD because uh, one of the rumors is that Cody is going to be showing up to uh, talk about who's going to be in the Dusty Classic. So that's true. And if I'm not mistaken, AOP has won a Dusty Classic in the past. So, yeah, we could very well still get the Authors of Pain tonight on NXT. Um, don't know for sure if we will or won't, but right. um, this whole thing with Cody definitely is giving us hope that there will be something that comes up along the way. That I mean, once this, even once this whole, uh, once this whole storyline with the tag team titles over on raw ends, who, who, who's to say that uh, authors of pain don't show up and still lay their claim for those titles either. Right. Yeah. It's very possible. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. It's, it's justifiable that that could happen. Yes. And JJ, I mean, what is good, my brother? Thank you so much for popping in. Thank you to uh we're now up to a few more than uh, than we were before. So all of you coming in, I really do appreciate all of that. Thank you. You know, even though they were, you know, broken the day of their returns, the number of silent signings that Triple H and the WWE have pulled out in this past year and a half when you saw the return of Neil Dashwood, a.k.a. Emma. Right. Tegan yeah. Knox. Um, yeah. Although they didn't do much with them until for a year, and they really didn't do much with Tennille, period. Yeah. Um, which was disappointing. Uh, and Chelsea but, Green. Right? Bringing Chelsea in. So. Okay, okay, okay. So we had a discussion about Nick Aldis. About Nick Aldis being able to possibly influence Mickey James to come back. So could Chelsea Green be used as an influencer to bring Matt Cardona back? Absolutely. I mean, I talked about that when she was signed back in January and... I wouldn't mind seeing it, but uh, right now, Cardona is making more money on the independents than he is working for WWE. However, right. because this is a new Matt Cardona, 
they may uh, want to fork out a little bit more money than what they were paying him as Zack Ryder. Right. And because of the name that he has built for himself, do you not feel that, you know, Paul would be like, hmm, yep, maybe we need to do this right now. Maybe we need to give him this little bit extra. Maybe we need to throw that in to entice him to come back. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much did the same thing with Drew McIntyre because after Drew left, he went and made himself a name on the independent circuit. Cody Rhodes did the same thing as well. Right. Wow. But I think right now also Cardona is enjoying that, that, that freedom he has right now of where he can go and work, you know? Yes. Right. (laughs) Bobby. Yes. Yes. Matt Cardona. Yes, he does. Wrestle Alex Kane in November 1st. Yes. I need to see that. I need to see that match. I mean, could we also see Chelsea Green influence her good friend, Deanna Perrazzo, to return? Oh, be still my beating heart, please. You know, honestly, for me, I don't care what company it is in. As long as I'm seeing Deanna Perrazzo. That's all right. I care about. Right. And hate me all you want, people. I know some of you out there don't like Deanna Perrazzo, but I am a fan and I love Deanna Perrazzo. Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with you. And I'd be excited to see her back, too. Yes. Can you imagine Deanna Perrazzo versus Roxanne Perez? I can. Virtuosa versus The Prodigy. Yeah, again. Can you imagine it? I'm already imagining it. I wouldn't have suggested it if I couldn't imagine it. I'm already imagining it. But again, we we go back to, okay, so Triple H, you know, the full shift over to Triple H brings in Nick Aldis, allows Nick Aldis to be this uh, general manager on SmackDown, um, silently bringing in the authors of pain and reinvigorating the authors of pain. What is there going to be anything that could stop triple H from just taking what he wants, let's say from the independent scene from the smaller companies and bringing them over. Is there anything that could stop him from doing that right now? Um, their requests for creative control. You know, like they need to have their say in creative, which is one of the big hindrances we ran into with Vince McMahon as well. Okay. Um, so if they don't have any type of creative freedom or they're not allowed the input, the money's not going to matter. Gotcha. Um, because beyond that, otherwise, what's he going to do and say, look, I'm now triple H I'm now running creative. So you're going to still do what I say, but we're going to try and give you a broader or a more overarching story as opposed to dressing you up as a couple of Shriners. Right. I just get this feeling that there is no limit with Hunter and he'll do whatever it takes to get who he wants. You know, he's yeah. not, he's a, he's a come across as a person. Cause I've seen like how 
like in the WWE documentaries they put on uh, the WWE uh, network there. I've seen how he kind of books matches and he likes to bounce ideas off the wrestlers. So there could be your form of creative control. So like he could be like, Hey, uh, Deanna Peraza, we want to do with this with you. How do you feel? Let me know how you feel about it. And then Deanna gives her opinion on it, you know? Right. And then they come to some sort of agreement that uh, works for everyone. It could be done. Um, I think that there is the uh, possibility that you could get divas, whether it's men or women, being a diva. Yes. And kind of, you know, pulling this whole, uh, if I don't get full creative control, then I'm gone type of situation right so you're so in that sense you're a hulk hogan basically (laughs) yeah yeah i wasn't gonna say his name but yeah 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 um one bell one bell fell yep right um even enzo to an extent because uh Yep. Enzo got that power in his head just because Hunter was bouncing off ideas on him, and Enzo kind of thought he had creative control on himself. Let's right. go back to HBK before he lost his smile. <laughs> yeah, no, another another very very good example. You know what, um, <laughs> Bobby? Yes, Bobby's saying, "Whoa, watch it, brother." Or the 24-inch pythons will run wild all over you. Mm. As he, yeah. If he can catch me with his walker. Right. Right. Yeah. Hell, even Kevin Nash had creative control in WCW over himself. Yeah. Full. Full creative control over himself. Yep. If he didn't um, like what was written or what was given to him... It was fully within his realm to take that, rip it up, and go, I'm not even working tonight then. Yeah. Yep. Um, not really a silent signing, but a guest appearance this coming Thursday on OVW TV as Paul White will be returning to OVW for the first time in 20 years. Nice. Is it actually Paul White or is it Captain Insano or? Uh... It was announced as Paul White. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Or for those uh, that don't know that name, the Big Show is who we are talking about there. That's that's actually really really cool. I like that idea of um, you know Paul being able to Paul White being able to kind of go to different areas and uh, uh, help them out a little bit as well, I guess. Not that OBW needs it right now. They're doing fantastic with the documentary that came out. Um, JJ saying, I feel if these guys want the industry to change for the better, we also have to be willing to bend with trips. Triple H. At this mm-hmm. moment, it is a wrestler's dream right now, and the ability to make a huge mark is available on all sides, or but all sides have to want to dance with each other, and if all work together in this, we as fans will have the best matches all week 
long. And that's what I've discovered in working in the independence is that sitting down, talking with your opponent and hashing out the ideas together, it, it creates the perfect right. um, symmetry within that match. <laughs> Notice that a lot on the CWE show. Everybody bouncing ideas off each other as they were in the ring doing their practicing their maneuvers that they were going to do. Right. And you and I, Chris, actually had the pleasure of being able to be there a little bit earlier as the ring was getting set up and as things were happening and getting done. Um, and we got to see a few of the guys getting in there and uh, rolling around and doing what they got to do, which I think was absolutely fan fantastic. Pardon yeah. me. I just had a little burp. I apologize. Um, yeah. You know what? We're going to transition over to that. I know, OMD, I'm sorry um, you were not able to be at that show, but I'm going to pull it up here so that I can at least give uh, some results here from the show. Hey, JJ, yeah, right? JJ is saying, that's my favorite moment of indie shows. Mine too. Just being able to see them go out there and um, put the match together is huge for me i happened to remark to carl when i was watching Vinny and diego put their match together and I, carl was sitting beside me he was doing you were doing something with the microphone and i'm like i'm just getting giddy watching these two put their <laughs> match together you know i can't right? wait to see this pull off be pulled off right and it isn't even even as though we got to see the entire matchup from the start to the finish at all while they were going through. They were just working on a couple of the bigger spots that needed to be yeah. done and really gave us that excitement. Yes. Canadian Wrestling's Elite made its way back to Ontario with the Rumble to Remember Tour. They had two stops in Ontario this time, one in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and one right here in Sault Ste. Marie. The tour featured the Mountie Jacques Rougeau, which I was very pleased to meet Jacques Rougeau. He was a beautiful professional. Oh, so just, happy about that. Such a friendly, friendly guy, man. Just... Mm -hmm. He seemed so excited just to see everyone, you know, like oh, yeah. he, all night, all night. I seen him smiling. I, I did not see a moment where there was a scowl on his face. Maybe right. when he was out in the ring doing his thing, but that's it. <laughs> right. We, we, where we sat for commentary, we actually had um, a vantage point of backstage uh, where the curtain was. And um, he, he sat in gorilla position quite a few times watching everybody's match. He did. And, and he was grinning from ear to ear the entire time, which was beautiful to see. Yeah. So started out. Um, and I don't even think, Oh, maybe this is how it started. We started out with, uh, with the, uh, the, the new guy, Tyson Hiller. Taking on the headline, Sean Martins, correct? Yeah, that was that was the opening match, yep. Yes, Tyson Hiller from Thunder Bay, Ontario, making his CWE debut, defeating Sean Martins. I was impressed with Tyson. This was a fantastic match. I love both Sean Martins and Tyson Hiller now because of that. I really wish nothing but the best for Tyson as well, going forward as well. 
Okay. I actually yeah. read an interesting article on Tyson Hiller a couple of probably a month or so ago as he was returning home to wrestle in Thunder Bay for the first time and in right. Ontario mm-hmm. for the first time. Right. He holds a an in-ring victory over OLE's own Chris Parrish. Yeah, and uh, Chris told me the story of that match on Saturday night when we were watching hockey together. <laughs> nice. JJ, thank you so much for popping in. I love you, brother. Uh, we will definitely get in contact with you. He says, my brothers, I apologize, but I have a special opportunity for a cool moment in uh, commentate uh, a sh- to commentate a show. Uh, so I have to leave. Please get in contact with me, definitely. JJ, um, take every comment. JJ, take every commentary uh, uh, option option you get. Take it and run with it because yes. it's fun. Do it. <laughs> Thank you for being here, JJ. Go and do it. There's nothing like doing an indie show, whether you're a fan working the merch booth or in the ring. As long as you can be involved, do it. And at some point, his fans will get a moment with each one of us. So if you guys have not checked out Joshua Joseph, check out a moment with Joshua Joseph. Google that and you'll be able to find exactly what we're talking about. You can find it on Spotify as well. Matchup number two, we had the fabulous Cree Bird, Kevy Chevy, and Ojin Thundercloud taking on Power Cheeks. <laughs> Matt Powers and Josh Cheeks Holiday. Interesting. Very interesting. This was my first experience with uh, Josh Holiday. Uh, this is his first time here for this. I've never seen him work before. Him and um, uh, Matt Powers worked very well together for yeah, them. They're, not really was, tagging before. This was their first time tag teaming, and there was a dynamic there that I'm like they need to continue this a little further, maybe do another tag match at the next show or something. Cause the, there was something there. There was a synergy there. Right. And, and I'm wondering if it's the same Matt powers that I believe is a local boy. It is the same Matt this. powers. Yep. Same it's, Matt powers. Wow. Same Matt powers who actually took the opportunity and made his way to rips school. Yes. Yep. And uh, got himself learned in the business and uh, made his way back here. I'm going to leave the third matchup uh, for the end. The next matchup we're going to talk about quickly is Easy Rider defeating Kyle King. Two veterans in the business. Uh, absolutely fantastic. This was my first time seeing both of them as well, and I want yeah. to see more. I want to see more of Kyle King because I was just gushing over how he played a heel Orange Cassidy, and that that was a character that I did not think could be played, but he fucking nailed it. Yes, he did. <laughs> then we had an... Carl, older... I... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I had to laugh. I had to laugh at you just because... He broke you big time during that match. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> it was good. It was good. 
We had an over-the-rope rumble main event. We're not going to tell you who won just yet because we're going to get back to our third matchup, which was the Sin City Saint Vinny Da Vinci taking on Diego Da Vinci. Diego had Sergeant Commando in his corner, but Vinny Da Vinci had the Mountie Jacques Rougeau in his corner, where we actually had Jacques Rougeau and Sergeant Commando handcuffed to each other at ringside for the Mountie to be the enforcer. We did see Vinny Da Vinci not lose his hair, thankfully, because that apparently was a stipulation in this as well, is that if yeah. he lost, he would lose his hair. Vinny Da Vinci's hair is still there. He won the matchup. What a feud. What a match this was. I mean, there was just so much emotion in this match, especially coming from Vinny's side. That Luthez press that he gave to oh, Diego, chef's right? kiss on that one. The way yeah, he it the, was fantastic. The, the, the way he, he did that, and then the flurry of punches that followed, you felt his emotion. You definitely did. But the thing that I found myself uh, watching out of the corner of my eye was watching Sergeant Commando and the Mountie <laughs> go 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 one on one with each other at ringside, because that was just the the way they played off one another was just fantastic. <laughs> it was it was so good to see, and that is what the indie professional wrestling is all about. It's those moments, those times in history where you're just enthralled with it and going yeah that was good yeah that was good the main event was the over the top rope rumble match event that happened where we did see local boy Vinny Da Vinci win this matchup correct me if I'm wrong but did he not eliminate uh two different people to win this matchup, which, okay, I remember. Was it not Sean Martins and Kevy Chevy? Yes, because OJ Thundercloud got thrown out earlier in the match by Matt Powers, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Two of the biggest boys that came to the Sioux for this show were thrown out by Vinny DaVinci. That call, that call I made, I hate to mark out on myself, but the call I made seconds before, because it came down, uh, Sean Martins got dumped out by Vinny, and then I'm sitting there and I look over to Carl and I'm like, how does he eliminate Kevy Chevy? Seconds later, he does the hacksaw Jim Duggan pull down on the ropes and Kevy goes flying over. Yeah. I'm like, that was just... <laughs> that was beautiful that I said that seconds before it happened, you know? Yep. The CWE will be making its return to Ontario in the month of January of 2024. We don't have exact dates yet, but we do know that it will be January. And for those of you that are interested to see where the CWE goes, take a look at CWECanada.ca. And you'll be able to get all of the information on them. 
I've already told Danny that I'm looking forward to the next show. So we're going to transition into our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper sponsored topic of the night. And that is just enjoy wrestling. That's right, everybody. This is something that has been irking me for a little while. And I'm like, damn it. We're going to be talking about this tonight because enough is enough and it's time for a change. I love you, Owen. I'm seeing a lot. I do a lot of social media, obviously, because I'm, you know, helping to to try to build our local establishment as well as Turnbuckle Studios. So I'm always trying to do different things that I can for social media. And one of the the platforms is X or formerly known as Twitter. Right. Now, when I'm on Twitter, Twitter has become almost as much of a cesspool as Facebook has been in the past as well. To the point where all I'm seeing is negativity once again coming from the professional wrestling fans and it's really starting to drag me down what i'm talking about is all these people that will continuously post a photo from and i'm gonna use it because this is where it comes from the most from an aew event where the crowd level is not the same as it is with the wwe Now, I get that. I understand that the company is five years in. They are not 50 years in. They are five. Right. So they're not going to pull the same numbers that the WWE can do because they're a lot more learned in how to do so than AEW is. Right. Yes. My big thing right now is why do you even care, people? Just enjoy wrestling. Guys, Um, you take it away before I totally rant. To speak to this, Chris and I touched on this last week when we were starting to discuss the ratings that are going to start becoming an issue again. With baseball playoff, basketball starting, football season mid-swing, hockey's just started. Monday night football, Thursday night football. Now, we've all been to uh, PLEs. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've all been to house shows. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if either of you have ever been to a Raw or a SmackDown, which I have. I, I have not. Um, and if you take a look, you look at, you know, WWE versus AEW, and I, you don't want to get into that competition because, you know, you've had AEWs just picking up the old washed-up WWE guys. Guess what? You had the same thing during the Monday Night Wars with WWE and WCW. Right. You've got Impact had, hmm, Kurt Angle, Hulk Hogan, Sting, Eric Bischoff. So you can't because everybody still has to develop. When it's WWE, it is more of it used to be more of a production and about the theatrics and the spectacle. Right. As right. opposed to the in-ring, which I'm glad we're getting away from. 
AEW seems to be more focused on the in-ring than the, the than the theatrics and the production, but you still get a, a fair bit of that. Right. So I'm not here to put any company above anything, but if I was going to do that, I'd have to go with Impact because, one, it's not about the production. It's not about the theatrics. It's about the wrestling. Right. And... I enjoy all three brands. I know you guys have heard me rant about my AEW smark that I work with. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm going to start referring to him as Meltzer Jr. Because I think he's just completely <laughs> bought into that. So, you know, like, I'd rather watch. If something's not entertaining to me, I'm going to turn it off. Right. Um, like, and I know I find it very hard to watch NXT when I'm, you know, concentrating on doing this podcast because I've got NXT on in the background. No volume, it's muted tonight, of course. Right. So, you know, that does detract from it. But if something in wrestling is boring me, I can turn a channel. Yep. And find something else. Exactly. Yep. Chris Bestie, I need you to go ahead here. We're running a little overtime on this one. Okay, so like when they talk about the attendance figures, they always seem to show the pictures of where the hard cam is. And there's a reason why they don't have the seats around the hard cam. Because I've worked hard cam before. I know what it's like. You do not want any fans around that camera because of their pounding and their shaking, their cheering. They're shaking that camera and they're fucking up that main shot so yeah that's why yeah exactly just like that yep that's why they always uh quarantine off the hard cam side and i've sat by the hard cam side SummerSlam 04 that's where i was positioned and i saw that they were taped off and i've asked uh the guy who was sitting next to me why did they do that because he's been to several, he went to several pay-per-views before that. And he's like, oh, that's just because they don't like the fans being around the camera. Right. Totally understandable. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. I sat directly across from the hard cam at WrestleMania 23. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've said my part on it. Just as the graphic shows, people... Just, just enjoy love wrestling. wrestling. Yes. There are so I mean, many companies that are out there. You, yeah, you have the indies. You have the former Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact, MLW, GCW, ICW, Progress, Rev Pro, PWG. You know, I could probably list off another 20 companies, but I I'll mean, stop I mean, at that. I mean, us growing up, when we had only the when we had the Monday Night Wars, the three of us we didn't fucking we didn't say oh WCW is better WWE is better. We were like we we just talked wrestling because we loved it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't care about attendance. We didn't care about ratings or anything like that. No. Well, sure, we we would have said oh like oh Vince Russo doing this on WCW s- sucks. You know what I mean? Which a lot of the yeah. stuff he did there sucked. Yeah. But it was just because we talked about it because we love it. And that's why we do the show now, because we love wrestling. That's right. With that being said, 
Thank you, everyone who joined us here today. And if you're listening to this back in audio format or watching it, we want to thank you as well. We're going to get through our sponsors here super quick. We've already talked about our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper, but, um, you know, maybe maybe what we need to do here is uh, enjoy some non-sponsored beverage of Dr. Pepper and get the hashtag going. Dr. Pepper sponsor Carl Carafel. <laughs> that might work. That might get us that Dr. Pepper sponsorship. But we do have a sponsorship, a legit full sponsorship from our friends with Rogue Energy. If you're looking for an energy drink in powder form that gives you zero sugars, GMO-free, vegan-friendly, offers you so many different good things with zero crash you want to check out rogueenergy.com while you're there making your purchase you can save money by using the promo code ole pods at the checkout and save yourself some cash as always i'm wearing my collar and elbow branded hats because yes my good friend al snow as omd is wearing the collar and elbow metal tee is what that one was known as. You can check them out at collarandelbowbrand.com. We are proud at Turnbuckle Talk to be the first sponsored podcast from Collar and Elbow. Use the promo code JKPODCAST and get 10% off your order there as well. And it's because of our friends at realwrestling.net that we are considered to be an international podcast. So thank you to our friends at realwrestling.net. News and views by real fans. Go and check them out at realwrestling.net. And if you guys haven't watched us on Monday night, well, first, you're missing out because we get to show you some of the merchandise that's available when these guys got to go for a bathroom break. Yep. And you can find that merchandise available at carlcarafel.redbubble.com, including stuff from Turnbuckle Studios, Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, we're talking beats and beatdowns. We are looking at Got the Pod Life and even a little bit for the Boar's Nest as well. So all of that is there and available. OMD, let the people know where they can find you. Well, as you alluded to, they can find me every Monday night with you two fine gentlemen on the Raw Watch Along, right here on to Turnbuckle Talk every other Tuesday. Thursday night's on the Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. They can also get a hold of me on Facebook at Daniel Horisic, on Snapchat, One Man Dynamic, capitals O-M-N-D, and on Twitch at O-M-D-17. And Mr. Chris Best, how can people find you on the interwebs? All right, so you can find me at youtube.com at chrisdamage83, twitch tv, cbrs underscore entertainment, threads.net, cbestfilms83, facebook.com, chris.best83, tiktok.com, cbrs.entertainment. You can also find me here along with these gentlemen, 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday nights for the Raw Watch Along alongside the parish, uh, Chris Parrish, who makes his occasional run in, as well, 8.05 p.m. here every Tuesday for Turnbuckle Talk. And I'm going to make things real nice and simple and easy for everyone. Check out my link tree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L 
K-A-R-U-F-E-L. That'll take you to all of the socials available for me, even including a link to send some monetary support if you would like as well. All the monetary support does go back into the program and what we have going on here for myself, Carl Carafel, for my co-host of Turnbuckle Talk, Chris Best, and for our local enhancement, OMD, this has been Just Enjoy Wrestling, Turnbuckle Talk, episode 343 on October 17th, 2023. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>